Hey, it's Vince. Um, upcoming, I got an episode with the great Tom Plummer. And, uh, you know, Tom's been a mentor of mine for many, many years and has been uh, a really big help to a lot of gym owners in the fitness industry uh, through through this whole pandemic situation. So we sat down, uh, the interview went for about an hour, uh, could have gone for a whole lot longer. Um, and we discussed so many different things. Um, you know, Tom, Tom is a, is a wealth of knowledge. And, uh, this is definitely one that you want to have a notebook and sit down and listen to and take notes and listen to it probably again. Um, but a huge wealth of information Tom is, and hope you enjoy the show. Thanks so much. Hey guys, welcome to the Fitness Business University podcast. I have a very, very special episode today with my good friend and mentor, uh, Tom Plummer. It's been a long time coming that I've had you on the show, and what a better way to have you on than during the midst of a pandemic. Um, <laughs> but Tom, really um, know of Tom, that as I've spoken to him as a great mentor many times, um, before, but you know, 40 plus years in the fitness business consulting world. So Tom, I, I only got third. <laughs> um, but Tom, Tom has, uh, he's a speaker for the perform better tour. He's the founder of the uh, national fitness business Alliance and really is the kind of go-to person in the fitness industry for fitness business. There's a lot of people like me, you know, that are out there giving you guys advice and things like that here uh, in the space. And he's who all of the guys uh, like myself that are doing coaching look to for advice. Uh, so you're hearing it from the, the, the horse's mouth, if you will, uh, today. And uh, it's an honor to have you on the show, Tom. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Vince. I appreciate you asking me. Yeah, it's it's a shame we have to do this through a pandemic. You know, this uh, know. most of our conversations are in bars. We tend to do better there anyway. So, but uh, yes, I'll give it my best. Absolutely. <laughs> to do the do this straight up, I'll, I'll do what we can. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Um, so, Tom, I've you know I've we've had a couple phone calls together. Uh, you did a great job on some of the other podcasts. Uh, that I've listened to. So I have a whole, I, I told you before I got on the call, I have a full notebook of questions and then an empty notebook on the other side, uh, myself re ready to take notes. So uh, I, I have tons of questions. I, I uh, re for you. Um, so we got a bunch of them, but let's, so let's get rolling. Um, the first yep. one, how, how should gym owners be what are the steps that gym owners should be taking right now to be protecting themselves from a financial level? This is, this has been such a, a challenging thing from a money standpoint and there's such a threat out there. What, what are the steps that gym owners need to be taking to come out of this thing, not just crushed financially? The, a lot of the stuff they should be doing is what they always should have been doing. And, you know, I'll save that lecture for, another time but uh in that case but there you have an opportunity now have what you don't have and how to go forward with this so the, the first thing is they 
while you're closed, and I've been talking about this, trying to help everybody I can. I've been doing a lot of podcasts. You know, if you think about this in three phases, that when you're closed, opened until maybe July. Some guys, we're going to make June. Some guys are already starting to open in some states. But while you're closed, that first phase is this is a time to reassess what you have financially. You know, this is a chance you, you should be, guys are going to be short of money. They're, the first 90 days you're back, you're going to burn up at least, at least one month of operating expense before you break even. So if it costs me $30,000 a month to run my gym, I'm going to spend 90 Close, we have to look at that phase, which is phase three, and start to plan for that. So, first thing is, you know, my landlord. I've got to deal with the landlord and debt service. So, the landlords at this stage, they, and, and a lot of the guys are, but you need to go now. And you go to the landlords, and we're trying to get time back for that, usually 90 days. We're either offsetting it or trying to, meaning it's just the lease moves back you know, three months, your lease is just extended for three, uh, or we're getting it amortized. Or if I have guys, for example, that have a year and a half left, I'm telling them to go sign a fresh five-year lease. If they've been there a couple, well, sign a fresh five-year and trade the landlord for, say, 90 days free rent in exchange for a five-year lease, which helps him because he's hurt. Um, some of the PPP guys uh, that got the money from the, the SBA too, I'm having these guys taking a portion of that and going, look, I'll give you one month's rent, three months. So I'll sign a fresh five-year lease. Right. Then I want three months free. And here I will prepay the fourth month. So the, the, the landlord has cash and it's been working. We've been getting some success with that. And then debt service is, this is a chance your debt service. So if you've got uh, one of my clients had, uh, I think about $85,000 in debt. Uh, we just got a $150,000 SBA loan. And we took that, paid off the 80 uh, years debt. We financed all of it for uh, through 10 years. Now we have some reserve capital and his payments went down almost in half. So this is really a chance to re rebuild your business. The mistake our guys make, you know, all our friends in the business, is a lot of them, they, they don't understand the process, so they won't chase it. They won't go fast enough. They weren't the first of the line for the SBA. They're not reaching out to their banks. They're just sitting and waiting, and then they, when they get in trouble, they reach out instead of going pre-active, proactive and reaching out first. So that's where I'd start financial is debt service and, and stuff. And it's also a chance you get to clean up all your garbage debt, restructure your business, and see what you can do to, to get it ready to go forward when we get to phase three, which is the reopening. Awesome. Yeah, very well said. And the, the, the landlord thing is something that is, uh, is really, really uh, a powerful thing to do. Uh, just, just because that, you know, I think everyone's in the same boat and the landlords are more willing to help than they've ever been before. So that's, that's excellent advice. So let's kind of move into um, the whole reopening phase. Obviously, we know that uh, gyms down in Atlanta have opened and some are following suit. I think Tennessee 
uh, as we speak of this is, is, is starting to open. Um, but what are the things uh, that gym owners need to, to be ready to go so their members feel comfortable coming back to the gym? Well, uh, they have to think in terms of the actual opening and the mistake a lot of guys are making is they're just, okay, when I open, I, I'm going to assume that my clients are coming back and off we go. And so if you think of it, the two week opening date. So if okay. the state says I'm going to open July 1st, then the, the two weeks before that, a whole lot of stuff has to happen. One, you should call every single client and invite them back in. And then also you, at that point, we want to reach out with an old fashioned snail letter, uh, hand addressed to every former client you've had going back to January of 2018. I'm going to go back to every lead I've missed going back to January of 2019 with a letter because uh, I want that high opening rate. I'm going to send a backup email and I'm going to text, but I'm going to chase all these populations to get them back in gym. One of the, the right now is is guys are going okay come back to my gym uh, I'm, it's going to be safe if your gym was not clean or known as a clean gym beforehand you're going to have a trouble opening these gyms you know they, I, I, people don't and it, this is so hard to explain to a coach is that people don't care about your workouts they will only come right. back if they feel safe and if they trust you so what have they done so there's, it's, you know, I, I've seen guys working out in their gyms and, they're, you know, they, they haven't shaved in like six weeks and they're oh, kind of doing good thing that I stuff shaved today. And, and they're kind of running around. And so their clients, when they reach out to their clients, they're not building that trust brand. They're not, you know, if I come back, it's because I feel safe. I, I, I feel that it's going to, I'm going to be okay in your gym. I trust you. I, I still believe 30% of all the gyms in the country will not make it through the first 90 days that between closed now for good and the first 90 days, which will be, will take out a lot of gyms because they won't have the capital to last. Uh, so there's a clients out there drifting around your former clients are drifting around, but what have you done close to prove that you're going to be safe when they open? So I'm telling guys to paint the gyms, paint the entire gym because, and then have, that's a video and it just floats all over the market. You know, I put it out for $3 a day and let it run for seven days. Um, the, the question, the stumper question I'm asking guys is how do you even get to your front door of your building? If I have to grab the handle, if you think about it now, especially where you live in Jersey or you're in New York or someplace like that, Pennsylvania, are you real? How good do you feel about walking up to a building? And 20 people just went in in front of you and you're going to grab that handle. You know, it's, it's, um, it's kind of a freak show if you think about that. So I'm telling the guys, think of, think of your population as one third of the people are the crazy kids that go to bars. They'll stand shoulder to shoulder doing, you know, body shots now because they think they're invulnerable. Those are the guys that are standing on the beaches or the guys that are just partying down. They're, they, they're not who we're talking about. One third of your population is tentative. They're hesitant. They, they're going to be a little later to the getting back to the openings. They're going to be a little later responding because they're going to wait and see if somebody else, you know, what happens. And then one third are terrified. One third of your population has got to be terrified of this stuff. 
So that's who you have to, you have to kind of rebuild your gym for while you're closed. So if I want to open well, I've got to close well. So how do I get in your front door? Now, nobody wants to grab a handle. So I'm telling guys, just get, you know, get electronic beacon right now. So the door, you walk up and it just, boom, you're there. It opens. You know, can I get, can I spend some money and get a sliding door put in? Uh, how, do, how do I get in and out of your bathrooms in the gym? And how many people want to grab a door handle? How many people are going to wash their hands at the sink across the room, come over and grab a door handle to get out? Well, there needs to be a second towel rack there. There needs to be a sanitizer there. All these little things that the client has already worked out in his head. He's familiar with your gym. So your constant stream of stuff while you're closed is why you're different. You know, here we've painted the entire gym. We've cleaned it. We've, you know, here's a guy doing this, the fogger, sanitizing the gym. Um, and I'm telling guys, every, everything on the wall goes, every piece of clutter and garbage that you haven't used has to go. The less in the gym, the more minimalistic the gym can be, the safer the, cl the client's going to feel because they know it's, it, there's no place for the germ to hide, so to speak. I know that's a strange visual, but if I walk in and your whole front desk is cluttered with boxes of bars and pro protein powder and an old clipboard and a keyboard, it, to me, it's like, oh my God, how do you clean that? It's just disgusting. And so that's got to be clean. All the artwork comes off the wall. Everything in the bathroom comes down. It's just fresh paint, fresh smell. And clean. Would I overkill it that much? Yeah. I want, I want that one. If I can make the one third happy that the people are terrified, then I can make that. So if I'm doing that, then when I reopen that second phase, I reach out to everybody and say, look, I, I, here's what we've done. Look at all these videos. There's 20 videos of us painting and putting things in, new sanitizers in the gym and the new door and all this type of stuff. And then when I reopen, now I've already built trust. People already know I'm safe. I'm ready to go. Um, we're talking a lot about videos. Uh, if I've got a doctor or a nurse in there, I want that person to come in and say, look, I came to Vince's gym. I checked it out early. This is the cleanest gym I've seen. I, this, I it's, feel it's safe. funny. I, I heard you say that on the last podcast. And um, uh, a few years ago, my dad uh, yeah, I was, had an infection or something. He, he was working with in a, a high-end infectious disease doctor and um like real high-end new york city guy and so i called him on the phone and i emailed him our plan and now basically in my marketing message to my clients i'm saying kind of as consulted that that we kind of used him as a consultant an infectious disease doctor has approved um, our plan. And I actually got that from you because you're like, Oh yeah, that's, I listened to the podcast that you did. And I was like, yeah, that's a really, it's almost like a, it's like a, a celebrity endorsement on steroids yeah. In, yeah. In, in, yeah. in this, in the exact same thing. What, you know, what is going to make clients feel comfortable? Well, an infectious disease doctor from a high prestigious medical university in New York city, um, you know, is a good thing to have right now. So, yeah, I think that that's huge advice uh, and, and doesn't even have to be an, an infectious disease expert. It could be just a doctor or someone, but I'm envisioning like them in their like doctor suit, uh, you know, given the testimonial about how clean your gym is. But I got that 100% from you um, when I listened to it last week on the podcast and I called the guy up. He talked to me right away and it was, it was a beautiful you know, synergistic we relationship. Need, uh, we need five of those. Our clients, our friends yeah. need five of those out there rotating. And if they can't get a doctor or a nurse, get somebody that is respected in your membership. 
but that somebody's got to say that this is clean. So that the two weeks out, that's you, you want to drop in a perfect world, five of those. Um, and just variety of people saying, look, I, I feel safe. I'm coming back. I trust FIMS. And those are the key words that you have to get out of your clients. I feel safe. I, I trust Vince. I'm coming back. And everybody's talking about, uh, geez, I, I'm going to drop my price and it's going to be so competitive when they come back. And that's just dumbass. You know, it's not about price. It's about, do I trust walking through that door? Am I going to die in your gym? And that's what one third of the population believes. And so it, a lot of guys are going to reopen and haven't done any of this groundwork. And they're going to be shocked with the, the lack of response in their membership. And I see a lot of guys wasting it while they're closed. And there's a lot of guys, the last gym I worked out in down here, um, it, was, it was a disgusting experience. It was a dirty gym. The gym been around for a long time. It had a decent reputation. You know, the owner was a, a, a good guy, good coach. But I'm walking in the gym going, you know, this gym's not clean. So if, if I'm thinking that, and I knew that as a client before he closed, then what's, what's the client's now? So he should have spent his whole time closed, letting people know, here I am just carrying out all this crap out of the gym. And here, here's, you know, I'm taking this. And it's, it's just, it's mind-numbing that they don't, guys don't think about it. Like treadmills. Some, a lot of our clients have, you know, somewhere between three to six treadmills. You know, those treadmills have to be eight feet, of, you know, I, from belly button to belly button. If two people on treadmills, it's got to be eight feet apart. You know, it just yeah. if I've got. Any I think that's great advice. I, that's the other thing I heard you say. And I think everyone's thinking six feet, six feet, six feet. But why take that chance? You know, go, uh, go with eight feet. And uh, I, that's, I think it's great advice. Even with, even with your wingspan, big man, I, you know, eight feet, I can't touch the guy next to me. It's six right. feet away on a treadmill. If you're thinking about that from belly button to belly button, I can still reach out and touch the guy next to me. Right. I right. can reach over. He's not that far away. And so all that, all that, that's what people have to think about. If they want to reopen strong, they have to think about closing strong. And I, I just, I think the sad thing is a lot of guys are wasting their close time by not preparing the, the clientele to come back because the clientele is going to wait. They're either ready to come back because they feel safe or they're hesitant and they're going to delay if they come back at all. I, I think it's beautiful advice and, and just a, a word of, of thought when you have a two week before plan, uh, you don't start creating the plan two weeks before. Like, so you've heard it, it came from the great Tom Plummer. You need to be creating some kind of a two week plan. And uh, for this, and I've kind of broken it out as I'm, as I'm listening to this, there's a section for marketing and you need a two week plan for what you're going to do to get your marketing message out, um, how you're going to communicate with your clients um, and then how you're going to set up the gym and how you're going to change and tweak your programming. You need a two week plan for all of those components. Did I miss anything there, Tom? Is there another section no, in there? No, I, I love the way you're thinking about it, man. I respect the work you're doing with all your guys. I, I think you're holding your, your team together better than just about anybody in the country. Um, the uh, two week, to me, that's the pivot point. That's the, if that fails, then, and you go from cold start and just walk into your gym and open up, um, and didn't do those two week prep, but what the phase one, while you're closed, you, you do everything ready for phase two, because that two week window, that's when you're going to drop everything. That's when everything's got to hit. But again, I, I, man, I, I just, it's, it's hard for me not to grab the computer and start doing this to yell at the guys and go, guys, you, you, you can't open the same gym you closed. 
The consumer doesn't want to see that. They, they don't, they won't trust you. It's not, you didn't do anything. Well, I cleaned it, but it was not, it was cluttered. It was a mess beforehand. And it's just so they the guys, it's just, you can't open the same gym, same colors, same anything. You've got to completely redo your gym because you've got to convey that, look, I did something while I was closed to keep you safe. One of the things I've heard recently um, about Steve Jobs was that he was always obsessed with uh, the packaging that the iPhone and all the iPods and all that stuff came came from came with. So if you notice the packaging in the in Apple, it's like really the boxes are really. And I know you're a Mac guy, so um, you 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 know how quality the box and how it looks. And I think that's what also needs to happen with our cleaning. Um, so we have always had um, very nice from Perform Better, uh, very nice stainless steel wipe holders with a garbage can on the bottom. And they're very nice looking. Um, but our mistake was at the gym is we had them on all four corners of the gym against the walls. And you couldn't really make it visually accessible. And so what we did, and we're kind of going through the process of arranging everything, we put them right in the middle of the floor. And now you can see where those things are and you can see that they're strategically placed. So perception is a lot of what are you, you obviously you're going to do everything you can to keep this clean and safe. But I think what you're saying is you got to make it look the, look the part in terms of not just being clean, but make sure you're showing your clients um, that you are taking every proper precaution um, possible. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, while you're while you're closed, all these videos of you painting yeah. and decluttering and everything should be floating out. Again, seven days, a couple of dollars a day, but they should be constantly in the in the marketplace. And then when you're but when you're open, people come in. If they it, you what you said was perfect. It's optics. It's 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 I got to create the visual. But again, if if I, in your size gym, if four is enough, I probably want eight or ten of those. Things. That, that's that one yeah. section. Yeah, we have more than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, just I won't let you down, Tom. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go way beyond the scope of what right, I think the right. consumer is gonna feel comfortable with. But uh, and, but we just yeah, it's it's thinking it through. What what do you want to reopen? How are you gonna keep the client safe? Now, Andy, I'm, I'm sure I mentioned that I'm rambling on some of this stuff. I've done, we've been talking about this so much. I'm doing about 30 hours a week on calls now talking to guys, you know, to, to either close their gyms or stay open and fight. So I'm kind of uh -huh. autopiloting some of this, but the, the, the simple things like the gloves, you've heard me talk about that before. You know, if you've got, you know, if you're doing a thousand workouts a week, you need 4,000 gloves times four months. You need 12,000 sets of gloves because people don't want to touch equipment. And you know, will that fade? But you know what? Now you got stuff in the closet for the second round of this stuff that might come through. Ugh. So you're, you're that's on our so, that's on our episode too. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that could be. So that's I've got to prepare the client for the worst case scenario. So if I come in and take gloves, but I can't use those little the, the stainless steel things that you have. I need to buy a biohazard. Uh, garbage can and those are expensive but I come in roll my gloves off I throw them in the biohazard can and dispose of them safely so I just can't throw them in an open top garbage can because that scares people you know uh, well geez I just touched every equipment in here and I just throw the glove and here's a garbage can and so it's just sitting there wide open it's just it's a bad visual it's a bad optic 
Yeah. So I've so things like that and mask. You know, how many masks are you going to need for your team? How many masks are you need for that? Well, we have to wear masks. Let's talk about that for a second because uh, that's one area. And I talked to the infectious disease doctor about this uh, yesterday, and um, I, I'm I tell you I I'm going to do whatever is necessary to keep our clients safe as possible. But I will say this: um, even the infectious disease doctor was telling me as he's wearing that mask all day, he's panting, right? He's, he's walking from room to room. And he told me like, it's hard. Like he feels strain in his lungs and we have clients uh, in their sixties, you know, we have clients that are, and it, it's honestly something that's concerning me. Um, and, you know, in terms of wearing the mask of, of people's safety in terms of their breathing, um, so what are your, what are your thoughts on that? It's not, I, I'm not saying I'm not going to have them wear masks. I mean, I think we, we are going to have to, but it, it's, it's a concerning thing to me. It's going to be dictated state by state. And so we may be, it may be out of our control. I know this sounds weird and this is how anal I am, but in my garage, I've got a bunch of kettlebells. And so I went out and got some late, the late, the gloves and put a mask on and did kettlebell swings. I'm going to find out how bad this is. And yeah, you're, you're laboring. It's, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. But, but that said it, you adjust, you get through it and you're there. You want to just kind of grab it and do this stuff and pull on it because it feels like, Oh my God, you know, but it's, you know, if we have to do them, it's going to set the gyms back, which again goes back to your One of your other earlier questions is, okay, the first 90 days, we think this is just going to be business as usual. And we open up and everybody's happy. And, yeah. you know, now you're going to have to over, overcome that. And that's crazy. I was talking to one of my uh, long-term clients this morning. Um, we were talking about the movie, The Martian. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies. It's almost <laughs> philosophical, so to speak. It's kind of, you know, it's uh, how he works through this. But at the last scene of the movie, he's talking to his class at the Space Center of Future Astronauts. And he goes, he says, you got to, he says, it's, it's simple. You solve one problem, then you solve the next, and then you solve the next. And if you solve enough of them, you get to come home. You know, basically, if you don't, you die. So that's a problem that it may be out of our choice to do that. But I'm telling guys now, if your state's one of those harder hit states, yeah. you're likely to be able to have to wear a mask. Are you practicing with a mask in your garage, trying to figure out what the hell I can do with them? That's a great point. That's a great point. Um, so there's been a lot of, um, and, and I notice you always curse a lot in your live presentations, but you don't curse a lot on podcasts, but I, I've noticed a lot of, oh shit moments throughout this whole thing. Like if we kind of like, you know, the first, you know, uh, the first one of those moments was to close the gym, right? So we have to close and that's the kind of the first one. Then the next one is like the financial kind of, uh, oh shit with like the PPP and all these different things. And like, what the heck do we do? Um, and now the, the next oh shit moment I had was I did a survey, right? And, you know, I kind of probably knew this without um, taking the survey, but we surveyed our members on when they would come back roughly. And um, the answer was a little bit, disheartening to know that a lot of mem my members specifically I'm in New Jersey we skew on the older side um, a, a very large portion over 50% said they would not come back immediately 
Um, and some said a few weeks, some said a few months, but you're kind of realizing that once you're allowed to open, you're going to have to be doing this kind of um, midpoint of balancing two businesses. You're hopefully you're doing online stuff and you're doing that to maintain your membership. Um, and then you're open. And so now you have, you're open, you have, you have to continue online because you want those people to keep paying. Um, what's the mindset in this kind of midpoint transition from continuing to deliver the value and online, but also having to totally shift gears and get into the gym and train the members that do want to train? Oh, geez, we could talk an hour and a half just on that question. That's a, that's a good one. Um, at some, when you ask the clients, are they, if I did the right groundwork, that percentage of people that are going to show up is going to be higher anyway. So with all the stuff you're doing, my guess is you're going to see, again, we always plan for the worst, absolutely worst day of business ever and right. hope for the best. But my I guessing is that in your type of gym and, and most of our clients that run better training gyms, they're going to get a, uh, I think that we'll reopen with about 90% of the clients in the first 45 days. There'll be a lag time. The clients aren't going to come in the first week. But if you think of the 90 days as 45 and 45, you're going to be almost whole by the first uh, getting into that 45 day window, but that means your money's going to lag too. There's going to be some issues that we talked about before the podcast today on some, you know, um, it, how valid your, even your memberships are going to be. So you've got when they come back. So at some point in here, I have to draw the line where I take my social, my online presence, and it has to switch from a direct workout to a support system. And that, and so, and that might be 30 days into it where I just, this is it, you know, 30 days, we prove that we're back. People are safe in here. The numbers haven't spiked and we go from there. We're good to go. And at that point, but I think online, we've learned from it. One, we've learned that it's harder work than running a gym. Yeah. Yeah. Most guys are like, oh, this is my dream to be online. And then they, now they're just like, what the hell was I thinking? You know, it's oh. just, so there, when we, we, we come back somewhere, there's going to be a hard line in the sand we're done now now i start to do stuff like um let's get into uh meditation let's get into uh, restoration of movement let's get into advanced nutrition so i i can still do that stuff online i can still post those five ten minute videos i can still work with some clients one-on-one -on -one. the clients that will want to stay one-on-one -on -one are the over 40 one-on-one clients that's a stressed out exact that does, he doesn't care if he's in the gym or not. So at some point, the client that has to use online because they can't get to the gym has to be cut off. And then the clients that would go then online becomes the support of all the membership. And how would you, we how would you make that? There. How would you make that call? Would you like, let's say you have 200 members, right? And you have a hundred and you have 150 that are in the gym and you have 50 that want to continue online they're willing to pay full boat membership price for online, you know, per zoom personal training. Um, what, what do you do? Do you shut those at one point, do you shut 50 people out and then just lose all that revenue? How do you, what, how would you handle that? If they're not, even if you're doing a good job 
um, of, of making it clean, there are still, and I've had clients with me for, for 12 years that are my best clients ever and that trust me more than they trust family members. And they're still saying, this thing's scaring me. I'm going to stay home for a few more months just to be safe. Um, is, do you make that cutoff at a certain point or do you kind of, um, you know, slowly do it? Like, what do you, how would you handle if that? If you if an, well, what you said was a very key thing. If they're an existing client at some point, then if I can move them into one-on-one and justify it financially, then I would keep it going. Uh, there's a, also that secondary market where a lot of guys, when they're closed, started signing up just online clients and that's all they do. So they were, they were never members of the gym. They signed up during the close period. It's just an online six week something and they want to continue. But right. here's the, here's the point in, the, in the, the gym owner's head. If it's, if I'm, if I'm sacrificing the 150, as you said in your example in the gym, because I'm sitting in my office or in a back room or at home trying to service 50 online, which is intense work, then that's a mistake. Now, can you maintain both? Can you, do you have office space? Can you set up something where, I've got a couple of coaches that can still work with those people online. Um, but that 150, how do I get healthy? How do I get people back in my gym? How do I, as long as I own brick and mortar, I've got to put my effort where my biggest risk is. So I'd like the 50. I'll, I'll try to, to keep them. And if they're one-on-one -on -one clients and stuff like that, we can justify. But if it's just a team thing and I throw it up at two o'clock in the afternoon and we, we can court it and they can get to it wherever they want, they want to keep paying for it. I'm okay. Is it a distraction? Is it hurting the rest of my business? Am I sacrificing 150 for 50? And that's the decision that those guys are going to have to make. So it's going to be individualized. Yeah. I, 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 I can predict the error. The error is going to be that these guys are so caught up with those 50 because it takes so much work that they're not going to necessarily put the work into that, you know, that two-week period beforehand. And when they come back from the gym, I think a lot of gym owners are going to be shocked when these gyms reopen. I think they're going to be absolutely just set back on what's not going to happen. And uh, that's something they need to prepare for. Maybe we can talk about that today. That scares me more than anything. Yeah. Let's, let's go, let's go there. What, what, what do you think is, you know, going to happen? I mean, I'm under the impression that it is not going to be, Hey, we're, we're open again, business as usual. Uh, that that's, that there is going to be, you know, this extended period of time that people are, you know, kind of holding back on certain things. Um, and, I, and I think it's, I think it's more, I, I think for higher end gyms, you know, that are doing personal training, two, three, four, I think it's less of a financial thing than more of a, a fear-based thing uh, of people's health. Um, so what do you see in the next, you know, six months, um, you know, for the, for the personal, I see positives and negatives. You know, I see the positives being, you know, we're able to maneuver a little better than some of the bigger clubs and, and things like that. But, but what, are, what are you seeing as the challenges and potentially positives uh, in the next, you know, six months? The, well, we have such an advantage over the chain guys. Yeah. You imagine having a uh, hundred planet fitnesses I and, and it costs you 65% of operating costs to sit I, I've heard you say that so many <laughs> times and I'm just like, Oh my God, like that, like, what do they get? Like, like that, that, so here's the other thing too. There's no way that they can do a certain person capacity in those big gyms, right? It's gotta be occupancy rate, right? Uh, they're there. That's being, that's going to be state by state. And that's the, 
but yeah, some of these guys, there was a, uh, you can have 10 thing. people at the do it. Like it's like, a, uh, there, there, there was a group of these industry leaders that own the big chains. were talking on um, a, a format. And I heard some of it the other day and it's, uh, it's a bunch of guys lying to each other because they're, they're like, okay, we're going to do this and this. And you assume the clients, you know, you come in and their treadmills touch. Are, are, is somebody like uh, 24 hour going to take out every other treadmill and put it in storage? You know, so the training gyms, we have a huge advantage against those guys because if they do reopen, because the 24 hours talking about going into bankruptcy, uh, TSI is talking about some kind of financial protection. We're talking two of the biggest chains in the country that may, uh, may come out of this stumbling. So for us in the training world, this is, we have a great advantage if we're ready to, to, to do this, but what you have to, I'm, I, it's a state by state basis and a gym by gym, but here's the thing that I think the guys need to look for. And I, I'll give you the bad news that we'll get into where this is going to work out. So for the guys that are on a month to month basis and you've been closed 30 to 60 days, you are starting all over again that you have to check with your attorney and your state to see if you even have the ability to start collecting again. So a lot of guys think they're going to open up the doors and just turn their billing back on and start to, you know, to, to hit clients for money. You may not be allowed to do that in your state. And then there's the contractual guys that are held by companies like uh, ASF, ABC that just cut everybody off, just shut you down. Yeah, they were do that because they were afraid of lawsuits because of like 24 hour and TSI. TSI allegedly, they were accused of ca turning their cancellation button off so people couldn't cancel so they could keep collecting. I don't know if that, that was the story, that was the allege. Uh, I, I, the guy that owns, 20, uh, owns TSI is, I think, a very legitimate player, Patrick Walsh. I think he's one of the better entrepreneurs in the country but you know somewhere in there a manager might have made a bad decision i don't know it's a good company but uh, now they so abc for example was afraid of the spillback from that so you you may not even all this i'll just turn my contracts back on your state may not allow that and so if you do not collect oh, in a 30-day period of time and the services are, were rendered moot, meaning they just disappeared. So the guys that didn't do much, well, they may not have any clients to start with when they come back. So you're, everybody's hoping I'll just turn on my billing and poof, I'm back. And that may not be true. You need now, while you're closed, to talk to your attorney, your billing company, and to chase this. And uh, like mind body, they they were withholding for some clubs. And after you and I talked earlier on this, there yeah. was verification that they were withholding twenty percent. Twenty percent afraid about losses. So most of our guys are making starting the uh, an assumption that everything's going to be okay when the door opens. I'm going to be saved. I'll just turn my billing back on. You may not be able to do that. So find that out first. But you need an attorney. You can't make an assumption. You need your attorney to research what's going on in the state that day. If you're using a billing company, you need to figure that out. And if you're month to month, you're going to have to, you, you, you're really starting all over again. So my, my advice to the guys on contracts is when people start showing up, I would write a fresh contract uh, from that state forward because that's post virus. And then can the insurance guy just released a COVID 
liability waiver. And that's something you might want to get to your guys, Vince. That's very powerful. He just did yep. that. And then some states like Massachusetts, you need a liability waiver. And then you need a rec uh, recognition, I believe, of, of an as assumption of risk, I believe it's called. So you need two forms there for the client to sign because the client has to really sign their life away. Well, I need new liability waivers on every single client. So do I have those? You know, you can do them electronically. I, I've always preferred to do them electronically and paper <laughs> just to, so I have that file backed up. But so when guys come back, you, what do I really own? What do I, am I going to legally own? And what can I chase the clients for, for money? And then one thing we talked about beforehand, uh, before we started today was the non-usage rate. Right, right. Yeah, so, I want you to unpack that. So if you got, if you got a 24-hour you know, a big gym like that, let's say 24 hour planet fitness, any of the chains. If I'm a, if I'm a $10 gym and 90 days before I shut down when things were good and 80% of my clients had not been in my gym, what's the chances of that 80% taking two months off and showing back up? So in a training gym, we have a usage rate. Uh, the usage rate is how many people, to me, it's eight times or more a month. So if my clients are using it eight times more a month, then they're, that, they're likely to continue us. Non-usage rate is when they fall below eight times. So the last 90 days, if I've got 30% of my clients not using it, the chances, the likelihood that they're just going to pop back in the gym and want to go is not good. So you're going to be dictated by usage, non-usage on this. So a lot of training gyms, they're... I've got 150 clients. I'm going to turn the billing back on and they're all going to be happy and I'll be back to business. You may open with 50 clients and you may have to scramble and get every single one of them to sign a new contract. And then if you take our Northern guys, you know, New Hampshire, Michigan, Wisconsin, Montana, uh, Washington state. I, I've got, I've talked to clients in all those places in the last Canada, all these guys in the last two weeks. And, now you reopen in July. Well, in Vermont, New Hampshire, July is in August. Or you only get two months of summer. That's it. So now your clients aren't going to be coming in until September. So you need five months instead of ninety days. I tell you that that's that's a, an important thing that I saw in our survey. Is a lot said uh, yes, but a lot said yes. I would come back, but I have a shore house that right the day you are able to be open, I'm going down to, and, and who does not want to spend the summer down the shore after they've been cooped up in their house for the last three months. And so like, we're seeing that as a huge, now obviously of the online thing that you potentially could keep them going through that and get some money coming in. But I also see that as a, the timing of this where a lot of gyms have people go down the shore and go away for the summer that put their, we had, we, we have a lot of members that put their membership on hold because they're down the shore uh, for yeah. the whole summer. So it's a, it, I'll that's, take that times all the Northern States, you know, time, yeah, again, yeah. Michigan, Wisconsin, uh, yeah. anything up North, uh, it's going to be in that boat. So those guys are going to have a five week or five month struggle to get through could you go through summer and then your real 90 day starts in the fall. So here's it. But the good news in all this, and I, I want to circle back to the usage rate. The good news is if I make it to the first 90 days or five months in most markets, I think from September 
through May next year will probably be the hottest run we've had in the gym business in decades. If we can get to that point, we're going to be ready to go. So, but that's going back. That's why I think for many reasons, we're going to close, we're going to lose about 30% of all the gyms in the country. They'll either, some are already gone. There's a lot of guys now gone. That just, it, that number is not circulating. It's not been talked about. But uh, I, I, I sadly had to close down five gyms in the last uh, three weeks with clients that just there's a point of no return. There's just the rents are too big. The landlords are not participating. Um, you know, one of my guys cost him uh, almost one hundred and seventy five thousand a month to sit dark. And so three months he's shut. So, you know, you're going to come up with a half million dollars to sit dark. So we've been closing a lot of gyms. And so there's the first 90 days we're back. If you're undercapitalized, if you're in a Northern state, the first five months back, if you're undercapitalized, your membership does hesitate, does stretch that out over the first 45 days to 90 days, depending if you're a Northern state. At that point, you're, you're really, that's when guys, I think a lot of guys are going to fold because they're just, now there's no government subsidies. Now the landlords expect to get paid. Now your vendors are back. Now the banks are back in the game. Everybody's now looking for you for money. And some of these guys have, they're just so uh, unaware in their own businesses. I hate to say that. And I just beg them to face the money and deal with this issue. But they're afraid to call their billing companies. They don't want to know that these clients, you know, they, they never even thought that the contracts might not be live uh, good. So your non-usage rate that when people are not using the gym on a regular basis in good times, the likelihood that they'll walk back in and want to pay is very low. And a lot of people, as you say, don't feel safe. So that's when we'll get a second wave of cancellations is when the gym opens and now you beat me to come back in and I'm not ready. I just cancel it. It's safer. The good news is if 30% of the gyms close um, and you, you reach out during that two-week period prior to the reopening and chase down all your old members going back to 2018, well, they might want to come home. That letter, that email, that text should be good for 30-day trial membership. Come home. You know, a lot of guys would like to come and visit you again, but they feel like, well, okay, I left. Vince is pissed at me. I, I can't go back. You know what? Here. Here's a letter. I love you. Come home. So if I go back to 2018, January, all former members, I'm more likely to get them back into the gym because here's a letter hand signed for me, bring this in, it's good for 30 days, and it's got a 90-day expiration date on it. And then all the other guys out there floating around, if you did your safety videos, if you did that two-week barrage of videos, then you opened strong with marketing and came out with all your testimonials, all your normal marketing plus the secondary safe this is I trust Vince and all this for the first 90 days, you could pick up an immense amount of business floating from other gyms. So it goes back to your book behind your head there, your sales for your gym. Well, uh, I, I, I did, I did want to give us both a plug. I did want to give us, I, <laughs> so, so Tom, I, I wrote the, and actually I'm going to give away a, a copy. So if you want a free copy of the book, uh, send me an email, Vince at gabrielfitness.com and I'll send you a free digital copy. But uh, the great Tom Plummer wrote the forward to the book. So if you need sales help and you want to get a Tom Plummer approved book, uh, you can get that. So there's my little, there's my little spiel. Good good for you, man. I like the way you work that. So yeah, yeah, they, uh, and you're preparing your guys for sales and a lot of guys are not. So they, they they have to be ready to go back to work, to, to follow up, to do all this type of stuff. So it's going to be, 
it's going to be a scramble. It's going to be insane when they open, but the work you do now will determine that. But that, that usage rate scares me. That's something I haven't even really talked about in any of the other podcasts. Nobody's actually asked me about it, but it's usage, non-usage. But um, I was talking to Mike uh, Grandel, the guy that started Planet Fitness. Um, he's an old friend. I've known him since he's before that when he had a world gym and He's sitting up now. He's happily hiding in his garage up in New Hampshire. And the guy's a legend. He's one of the most brilliant guys, I think, in the history of the business. He never got the credit for that. But his marketing on the original Planet Fitness is, was just genius. You know, that whole non-judgment or judgment-free zone and all that type of stuff. And I was talking to him about usage rates uh, uh, two weeks ago. And it's just he, he, the way he thinks about it, the way he explains it. He said, man, can you imagine having – 450 units nobody's on contract and then your and your usage rate is 30 percent so if you look at somebody like a 24 hour 450 units i what is your usage rate how many of their clients over a 90-day period of time use the gym and i i can't bet it's that high and so they, they, they're going to have some battles to, to solve too. And so that's going to open more opportunity for us. You know, if you walk up, you're a member of someplace like a 24 hour LA fitness, any of these big change and you're a training client and you walk up and you see everybody walking back in, nobody's got mask on, you stick your head in the door. They, the treadmills are still this far apart and the seats on the selectorized equipment, I, I believe an eight foot center there. You've heard me talk about it in the other podcast, eight feet from seat to seat if you've got that style of gym. You imagine walking in and just nothing's changed and you've got a bunch of 20 year old kids at, the, at working the front desk that were just hired and they're standing there either mask up or not mask up and you're going, no, I'm, I'm so out of here. Yeah, I, I believe that be when your clients come back to the gym, they should look around the gym and be like, what the hell happened to this place? Like, yeah. it should be totally different and stuff moved everywhere and tape on the floor and all kinds of. So I think it's like we have the time now to be working to get our gyms prepared. So when clients come back, they're like, OK, they, they did everything possible to make this right for us. Yeah. Hey, can I jump back for something you said earlier? We skipped yeah. over. That was uh, the... This is your chance financially. So, for example, um, SBA Express loan, it's $150,000. They're really easy to get now. If you've been in business over two years, I, I know you and Mike are helping people get these, but yes. that's a message I would like to get out is this is your chance to, if you're short of cash, but you've been in business a couple of years, you've got you know, even a decent credit score, not a great credit score. This is your chance to really get your business right um, at this time and to really restructure all your debt, turn it into 10 year debt, really do the right thing. Yep. My, I have, this is a weird thing, but every single person I yelled at that got in line first for the PPP, every single one got approved. Everyone. And the second we were, on, guys, we were on top of that, like, I was like, how do you not, like, our guys were like, almost all of them were had applications in the day it opened. Um, it's, it's a they shame that, that some people like, but it, I was even thinking like, so we have a cleaning lady at our, at our house and she's obviously not coming in and like, we just haven't talked to her and like, she hasn't called us. She hasn't said anything. And it's like, I think a lot of businesses kind of went out and just like literally just shut off communication. 
from the yeah. world. And it's just like, it, to me, it was very instinctual, right? It was very instinctual to be like, okay, step one is preserve what we have and to do everything possible. But it, it's, it's mind boggling to me how, um, and I'm sure the fit, there's gyms in the fitness industry that didn't do it, but that all these other businesses just kind of like close their doors and it's almost like they're just, they're just quitting. It's yeah. like, it's, it's weird. The gym guys, sadly, a lot of our gym guys have done that too because they, they were late to fill out the paperwork. They were too busy being online, too busy, you know, taking a couple of weeks off with the kids. So they didn't file fast enough. So the guys that came late to it got turned down. Now they're trying to get in the second wave. But man, this is a chance, the first time ever, maybe the best time to refile, to get yeah. You know, to go aggressively with your local bank, restructure all your debt. And this is also a chance to grow up. This is a chance for, you know, a lot of these guys are bad with their credit cards. They treat their businesses as a job. They, they take, you know, 75 grand a year and okay. And then when the gym goes away, they're, they're, they're like an employee in their own business. This is, you know, this, you really, if you're going to survive this and you come through the other side of this, and you're ready to go forward, you have to change how you think about this business. This business can't be that. It, it's got to be something that has reserve capital. You know, yeah. You've heard me for since you were 12 years old yelling at having you know, 90 days of reserve capital. You've know, yeah. you got to have at, at, at three months of reserve capital in the gyms because of the stuff that just happened. You have to have everybody on 12-month contracts. That's big boy, big girl business. You, know, you, can't, you can't do the stuff that we've done. And then you get into all the esoteric stuff like team training and how that's going to go down. And all well, that actually, it's funny you bring that up because I do want to go down that road. Um, there are a good amount, and I have some of them in my group uh, of, of gyms that do just team training, meaning they have 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 square feet. They don't do one-on-one. They don't do small group. They just do team. Um, and they don't, it's not like Orange Theory where they're like, they, they have the flexibility, you know, to do what they need to do to make it work. Um, what's your advice to the large group facility that's going through this, you know, situation and there's going to be serious handcuffs on them? I think they need to go back and look at all the Jurassic Park movies and see what happened to the dinosaurs. You know, they just, they, you're, that's, it's not a sustainable business plan in the next three years. You're, you're, anytime you're tied to single methodology, you will fail. And single methodology means I have one tool. And I'm catering to the 24 to 36-year-old. Statistically, 80% of people in a team environment are in that age group. Um, and that's your, that's your only trick. So you're leaving out the 35 to 45-year-old client. Um, that, the difference is then people ask that, well, you're saying the same ages, but I could be 40 years old and be a VP in a marketing company in Manhattan, and I could be 40 years old and waiting tables in, in Jersey. You know, you're, so the, the, the people, it's affluence and age that separate them. But I'm leaving all that money on the full table, and one-on-one is going to come back, and it should be 30 to 40% of your business. Yeah, I do but want you to guys, talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The team guys, that's your there's ways to say, one, one of the guys the other day sent me a video, and we were talking about it. I made them take kettlebells and set them all over the floor to represent people to see what our real usage rate was. And then we had tapes and going from, you know, belly button to belly button going around the floor, how far, you know, what would it take to feel safe? And he had about four of his staff in there 
we had the whole floor covered with kettlebells to represent 40 people. Um, and in, I, I, so we kept spreading them out. We got it to 30 people. And his limit was when he said, okay, my staff is standing here. We're staring at each other. We felt safe. We cut it in half. We had to get down to 20 people on a floor, but he's been running 40 and before he felt safe. And then we put the kettlebells back down and we're looking at this and going, you know, his staff's are going, well, look, I, I feel safe here. You know, I, you, you can't breathe on me. And so the guys Jeez. coming back with team training, you're going to have to, the safe, are you, am I safe? Do I trust you? Is it a controlled environment? And a controlled environment is one of those instinctual things the client knows that who's, you know, that this is, that there's things happening here that I don't necessarily see, but they're not, I, I just feel they're going to keep me safe. So distancing on social media. So if can, if I've got a big enough floor, can I cut the floor in half and then stagger? So if my prime time is six in the morning, can I start at five thirty six and six thirty, and stagger people through and different? So they come in and they pass back out the door, and we don't really put them together, so to speak, and do smaller groups. But this what is your thoughts on, on on going thirty minute sessions in this during this period I, of time. I, I I hate it. It's a default thing for guys. I don't think it's effective, and I don't think the client values it over time. But uh, I, I'd still rather stagger them and go 45 to 50 if I could. But this is also a chance. You mentioned a guy, I mean, 5,000 feet, and you're just tied to one product. It's just, it's, there's, it, if we look in the history of the fitness industry, how many people, single methodology gyms have failed? And they so just, the advice they you, so the advice, if someone is doing just large group, is yeah, you can keep doing what you're doing but you're going to have to literally cut your business in half based on the example that you gave and the advice so have you have to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. You, how you, how you can know. I get the same number of people through keep to keep them safe? And it's, it's almost impossible. Yeah. Yeah. So your advice to them would be to explore the one-on-one -on -one small group options. Uh, we talked a lot of, about small group over the years and, and I think it's still the winning model. Um, but one-on-one -on -one is kind of making the old comeback, uh, in these situations. let talk about, you, you mentioned 30 to 40% of revenue should come from one-on-one -on -one in your other podcast. Um, talk about why you feel that way. Well, if, if I'm a team guy, I, I'm limited to just one client, that thir that 24 to the 36 year old client, that's, that's my client. And then I tell guys, I say small group, and they go, well, my, you know, well, none of my clients would do that. No, they wouldn't. It's the clients you don't have in the gym. So small group, if I have a 300-foot pod set up with a couple of half racks and two file boxes, the half racks are connected, I can keep people eight feet apart because just the length of the bars and the racks, I can stagger them around. But these clients will pay 100 to $200 more a month to be in small groups and get into power cleans and barbell work and all the stuff you should not be doing in team training. You have those two levels, but the multiple levels actually ease your risk in the gym because if I've got three populations, then my risk factor is lower because if one population gets chipped away by a competitor, I still have the other two populations. So small group is, is the most profitable. And that's, so if I've got 5,000 square feet, I'm going to put three other gyms in there, gyms within a gym. A 300-foot standalone gym times three of those, so I can run 12 people in small group that would pay more money for more intense coaching. 
the one-on-one is the, the gift that we're coming back. That's one of the positive things you mentioned earlier is they're positive in this. The one-on-one is here. Uh, it's always been 10 to 15% of our business plan. You know, it's just early guys like Cosgrove and Frank, that's, uh, that's all they did back in the day was small group. Uh, they were specialized in it and that's, and they, they, they did well, uh, slowly, uh, they, the people have reached out and start to understand one-on-one again, but if I'm coming back and I'm going to go, look, I just want my own space. I don't want to share equipment. I don't want to sit on a bench after a guy got off of it. Then I need to one-on-one, even if it's just a 90 day window and then they go back. But man, you're close. You got a 5,000 foot gym. Design this gym for the multiple levels. Get out of your own way. You know, you can't keep clinging to stuff that's already, even prior to the closing, team training was already starting to decline nationwide. Uh, the price has gone down. Um, geez, how, you know, if you had a typical 1,800 foot little circuit gym like an Orange Theory, how do you, what are you going to do to fix that when people come back? I, I, that I have no idea. And that, that is like, I've been thinking about that. And I think about those, they're like sweat boxes, right? They're like, I mean, yeah. they're, they're, they're small. I, I, I walk by, there's one in my town and I walk by and there's just, they're jammed with people. And there's, there's no way there's not sweat flying off another human onto another human. Like there's, that's happening. And it, yeah. it's like, that doesn't work right now at all. <laughs> oh, oh, it may, and it, it may not work for uh, quite a while if it works again. So, yeah. but if I only have eighteen hundred square feet, how do I fix that? I can't take out every other treadmill because they they only have a few prime hours a day. But that so team is weak. One on one's coming back. If I'm prepared to kind of chase those numbers, you know, we're in a good position to kind of redo a lot of this stuff. We're in a good position to kind of look at what's next. Uh, this is a great chance to, especially in your group, because you, you know, they've got you, they've got a good model. They know what works and to, to get into small group and get into one-on-one and to dilute your team, you know, add restoration of movement, add boxing, add cycle, kind of dilute the team hold on it and, and say, okay, yeah, we have team, but we have four options. You know, I, I'd like to come to the gym and say, yeah, we have team, but you get five small groups in it. So the smallest thing you have is, is small group training limited, meaning five times a month, team to support everybody else in the gym. So if you want team, you still get five small group, but then team can be a derivative, not a standalone. And that would give us some longevity with the team guys. But this is your chance to reset. This is a great chance to kind of redo what you're doing. Awesome. Awesome. Very well said. And, and we, I, 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 I don't want to keep you because I feel like we could go for another three hours here, um, you know, very easily. But um, your, um, well, Tom, is there anything else you want to add? I want to make sure we talk about your, your website. And um, again, like I said, in respect for your time, um, I want to kind of, we're at an hour right now. I want to make sure that we don't go crazy. But um, is there any, any final words of, of wisdom that you could, uh, you know, obviously most of my listeners here are brick and mortar uh, gym owners doing large group, small group, one-on-one, things like that. Um, any, any final words of wisdom from uh, the legend? <laughs> uh, don't be afraid to make change. Go, go much more yeah. proactive than you That's think. That's huge. This is, this is a chance to, everybody's hesitant. What if I, what if I guess wrong? Well, if it's the same, you guess wrong. 
because if you don't change this business plan up, but this is your chance to correct your mistakes. If you are a team guy, this is your chance to get into small group and one-on-one and, and maybe triple your membership for the next couple of years. At least your average will go up. This is your chance to reset. But guys are hesitant. They're, I, and I, in, in fairness to everybody listening to this, you know, I, uh, there's days on, you know, this afternoon I'm going to have a glass of wine because it's, I've talked to 15 people this week that are scared that they're, you know, they could lose everything that this, if we don't get this right when they're reopening, you know, I, I get it. I get how afraid you are. I get that it, it, the temptation is just to, you know, not do anything. But if I could ask all our friends, everybody listen to this, anybody, man, just, you've got to get back in the game and you've got to go harder and you've got to fight for your business. You really have to, to step up. You know, you're providing great leadership. That sells, man. Leadership is what people need now. And it's rare. Yeah. It's, 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 it's people, they don't have anybody to turn to. They need somebody that they can talk to that will help them and hold their hand. You would do a great job at that. Uh, thanks for doing what you do, man. You, you're making a real difference out there. Thank you. Uh, Appreciate but, that. But uh, they need, they need to go faster and they need to stand up. And, and uh, if I go down, I'm at least going to go down trying to reinvent my business. But, you know, final word, you just can't open the same gym you closed. Yep. It just won't happen. Well, I, I will tell you that we're lucky as an industry, Tom, to have you uh, still still working. Uh, it's really a good thing you didn't retire last year because uh, we, we need you. We needed you during this thing. And, and, and <laughs> as always, you've shown up and delivered uh, on not just this podcast, but on all the other things that you know, you've been doing and you've been a, you know, such a huge help. So, um, well, well, final thing, Chris Poyer. Yes. I talked to him the other day. Talked to him the other day. I'm very excited about this. It's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's, uh, obviously he's extending seats to any, if we get to do an FBA this fall right now, we're coming back allegedly in September on, uh, he's he's gifted. Anybody's listening to this anywhere in the world wants to come to an FBA business and fitness event. He's comping seats for everybody. So they just get, they, all your listeners get a hold of you. You can arrange them obviously directly with Chris with your yep. connection, but I'd be certainly help with that. But Chris is offering seats everywhere. It's very gracious on his part. He's doing that. And then the political plug is uh, I've got a new website out called the business of fitness. And it's kind of my legacy site. It's uh, just, geez, there might be a hundred hours of workshops on there and all kinds of stuff. Um, I pissed off my entire marketing company by, I think, um, you know, we, we put it out at 17 bucks a month. I just want people to have access to this stuff. You know, it's, it's there. Just go, you know, just there's, we just did our uh, two-day workshop on customer service and sales. Oh, and it's, right. we just posted it and it's real high quality stuff. And just, you know, just, it's there. If you need help and start at that point. Um, I hope if anybody's struggling out there, your guys, they book a lot more calls with you to, to get through that and, and the guys are always welcome anywhere I'm at, man. And all your guys are always welcome on my workshops. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate it. And uh, uh, is there any uh, clips of speaker school on there? Any follies? <laughs> a- any follies you can put up there of you blasting uh, us all up on the stage of speaker school? If I did that, man, nobody would ever show up again. That's, okay. uh, yeah, that, that is true. That, that's probably – there should be no marketing for speaker school except come to uh, speaker school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we can't – but uh, I, the, the bloopers on there are obviously – you've been there, you know, hysterical. 
Yeah. But uh, no, we're, we're, that one's uh, we have one of those in the fall. Chris wants to do maybe three by the end of the year because oh, we have great. such a demand for them. I Anyone, I, I did I did the speaker school uh, I think a couple of years ago, and uh, it was just it was hugely helpful. And that's like it was kind of like what right after that is I started doing a lot more speaking. Um, but it was a, a, a stuff I didn't even think about that I was doing on the stage. Uh, while I was speaking, you kind of pointed it out and, uh, uh, you know, told me how to dress and all. all, all <laughs> hey, look, well, I'll, I'll, I'll throw that out. Maybe sometime this winter in Orlando, if we can get down. Maybe we'll do a speaker school just for your guys. That would be great. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah, Tom came to our um, – our, we had a ma our mastermind, our last ma – literally, isn't it crazy, that, Tom, that we had our mastermind meeting, I think it was March uh, 6th that you came down, uh, March 6th. This was barely mentioned when we were yeah. at dinner. Like, this was – COVID-19 was barely mentioned. I literally – because I stayed at Disney with the family right after that. So I was down there for about a week. So I got back on like the 15th of March or something like that, closed the gym the next day. On the 2nd or on the 6th, we didn't even talk about this. It's uh, crazy. We had hand sanitizer in the room. I, I remember we had that, that, that the hotel had already gotten to that point. But, and they had hand sanitizer stations in the lobby. But we but walked it wasn't, back to dinner at Disney Springs. It was, there was, it was like New York on Saturday night. Yeah, there, there had to have been tens of thousands of people. And uh, then they shut that down just <laughs> a few weeks after that too. Yeah, yeah we actually yeah. we we got in the car. We we put the kids in. We rented a car and drove from Florida to New Jersey. I was like, I'm oh. not I'm not putting my kids on a plane right now. And and we drove. And we had a road trip and we had a great time. And I literally from the road trip, um, you know, on the on the way home because we started getting uh, holds because of people being scared because of where we were. And I'm on the, the entire, I, Vanessa drove the whole time and I'm on the phone the whole way home calling clients that wanted to go on hold. And she was calling me Jerry Maguire because I was like kind of <laughs> talking to everybody and I'm like, who's coming with me? Who's coming with me? And I'm like talking these people out of going on hold saying, and I literally decided to cancel to close the gym before we were forced to cancel to put the stop any bleeding. Because of that, so we closed before we were forced to close because of that. And we reversed a lot of our members that wanted to go on hold by telling them we were shifting everything online. Um, so we had a little bit of a different um, solution there. And I literally drove from Florida to the gym and filmed this 30-minute video to our members about what we were doing and what the plan was. And so it's been, it's been a freaking whirlwind. I'll tell you, man, this is like been nuts. <laughs> Yeah, just being being home and isolated. Yeah, I'm working harder now than I've, I've taken work calls this year, and I took all last year. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Insane, well, anyway, well, thank you, my friend. Thanks so the uh, check out Tom on the business of fitness. I will post the link in the show notes. Tom, thank you so much uh, for coming on. I appreciate everything. Yeah, thank you, my friend. See you soon. I, I hope. See you, <laughs>